I always say that my purpose is that, you know, let's say we get to 5 billion women by the time that I'm like 90. Those women are happy, loved, taken care of. Because if women are happy and loved by, you know, reflection, they will make their men happy and loved. So I believe it starts with the women. And that is my ultimate purpose. It's so grand that I'm like, okay, it needs to touch every soul. It all begins by understanding the mind. I want to be happy now. I don't care about the future. I want to be happy right now. You are not alone. You are never, ever, ever alone in this. It's helped my voice grow and given me freedom to be creative on my own. I'm Christina Barcy. Welcome to Be Bold Begin, a podcast dedicated to you, the creative, the healer, and the innovator. The topics and conversations we have here are designed to help you discover what might be getting in your way and offer you tools, techniques, and guidance to move through them. I live in the imposter's body more than I live in my own body. I don't have to feel like I don't deserve this. This is where creativity and healing intersect. If you decide to be bold and begin, you have the opportunity to feel humble and empowered. I totally believe that. I'm a certified Kaizen Muse creativity coach, a certified Reiki energy healer, and an entrepreneur, artist, and presenter. I will share with you my experiences, my proven tools and techniques that helped me and my clients and loved ones shift and expand in the areas they most desired. This is a gentle and open space where you will hear how others are being bold to encourage you to begin your own journey or expand the one you're on. This is Be Bold Begin. Hi, welcome back. This is Barcy, your host, and I'm so excited to share this episode with you because after it ended, my guest's joyful and inspiring energy stayed with me for a long time, and it was just this breath of fresh air that I didn't even know I needed. Her name is Rebecca I. Perez, and she is the co-founder and editor-in-chief of Goss Magazine, in which we've had two guests on the show so far, actually, who've been featured in Goss Magazine, Brianna Rose and Melissa Ruiz. And so I thought, why not ask the woman who is creating all of this to come on the show as well? And I couldn't believe she actually said yes. It took some time to get her on the show to actually book her and get her scheduled but she did say yes, and she finally came on. So that is this episode. So GOSS stands for Girl Boss, and it launched in 2016 and is a subsidiary of GOSS Club Inc., which empowers and inspires women in business. GOSS Club offers advice on business practices, guidance on personal power, and how to align your mind, body, and spirit to self-actualize. The magazine is available both in print and digitally, and Rebecca's current ventures include Goss Capital Building Mia Condos, with a mandate to develop 155,000 doors around North America. So Goss Club aims to build a sustainable future, all whilst putting women at the forefront in a predominantly male-dominated industry, that being the construction and development industry. And she's actually a certified builder as well, which is so cool. She just does stuff. And I really appreciate that about her and has such a joy and a light energy. You'll hear it when you listen to this episode. And we talk about creating from joy and purpose and the importance of supporting women in business and having women in business. 
I really enjoyed this one and I hope you do too. So here is my conversation with Rebecca Perez. So welcome, Rebecca. I'm so excited to have you here with us today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Wonderful. So you've created something insanely amazing because you have a lot of things going on and we're going to dig into all of them, but I would love to learn more about just how you got started (laughs) sort of pre-Goss. So Goss Magazine, Goss Club, and then the new thing you're creating, which is Goss Develops and then a few other things. But I'd love to know a little more about sort of your beginnings and what life was like pre-Goss. Yes. Okay. Good question. So I grew up in Montreal and had my parents that were kind of in business already. Like my father was an entrepreneur. He had many different businesses in his life. My mom was a teacher. So from her, I learned like discipline and, you know, she was on her way to getting her PhD when she was pregnant with me. So she's very about education and studies. So I did go to school. I went to McGill and I finished in journalism. And that was kind of around, I was maybe 21 when I finished school and continued on to just started writing because I was always into writing and that's been like a big passion of mine. I've had journals since I'm like five years old (laughs) and was always very self-reflective and always, you know, wrote about people and my environments. And so it felt like a natural thing to go into writing. I worked for this big, I don't know if you're familiar with Montreal Blog or Narc City, they're Canadian-based. It was basically like a place for all, like the Generation Y. It was like a lifestyle blog that ran for every single topic. So I did that, and that's where I grew my traffic and following, really. It started to write for them. I was there for a year, and a lot of my articles went viral. Wow. I was like, oh, people actually like my writing. Yay. (laughs) You know? Really just very much natural, going with the flow. And I had another journalist that worked with me named Irina Terehova. And we kind of, at first, were like kind of rivals because she was like the Russian blonde and I was the Romanian brunette. And then actually a few weeks later, realized we like love each other and we're best friends. (laughs) So (laughs) we literally just went for lunch and we're like, oh my God, we need to create our own version of what we know this kind of lifestyle blog for women. And that's where the idea actually started. People don't really know that I had a co-founder, which is why I always say co-founder oh, of God. Yes. I've noticed that in just things that I've read. Yeah. Is she still a part of the business for you? No. So what happened is essentially when we had it started with her, it was girlboss.com, the website. We were about to launch and then she moved to Thailand, met the love of her life and is like, hey, I'm not coming home. Like, that's it. She fully had like an elope story. They've been together five years or six years now. And they have a baby. So she took it that side and said, listen, I'll still write for you. I'll still be part of it. But, you know, it's yours. And that's where I kind of was like, hey, girl boss, like, what if we just made up a word? And it just came to me a few weeks later, Goss. And I was like, that's it. It has to be Goss. So I just rolled with it. And it's funny because when I started, which was in 2017, we started the blog. I had like a few writers with me that were other women. It was very different in terms of I did not expect it to grow this quickly or for it to take on the identity that it has today. It was very just like, hey, let's just, you know, talk about women, talk about beauty and fashion. But I have a natural inclination to talk about business and money because I love that. I think it just naturally became like, you know, part of my identity as well. And we started with events back in 2017. We were doing Bigossi events in collaboration with the W Hotel And it really went from there all the way to now a print magazine and all the things. Interesting. Yeah. So I definitely learned a few things. One, 
Did you say you were Romanian? Yes. <laughs> I didn't know that. I'm Hungarian. So we're, oh, so we're close. <laughs> we're close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my mother's from Romania. Wonderful. So I'm on the West Coast and there aren't many Eastern Europeans. So I'm always no. very excited when I <laughs> meet a fellow Eastern European. So that's yeah. cool. That's just mm-hmm. a fun extra cool thing for me. Um, <laughs> additionally... I totally thought the events happened later. I thought that wasn't the thing that launched all of this. So when you say events, mm-hmm. can you share what you guys were doing? What was the purpose? What was the goal around the events yes. when you were getting started? Our first one was September 2017. I remember it was with W Hotel called the Gossi Fashion Edition. I had a collaborator, Sonia Zarbatani, who's now a life coach by the time she was in fashion. And we just did like a fashion show. We promoted, you know, five local designers and got 80 people, and we sold this out in like a day. So we're like, okay, there's definitely a demand. So our next one was real estate edition, and it was kind of basically the magazines now, how they're kind of formatted in terms of themes. We had the same concept, but in events. So we had some in Shanghai, so we took the collaboration to the W Shanghai, launched their hotel with like a huge fashion event, did a lot of really cool shows, yeah, which I think developed the network also and like the brand partnerships early on. That's a key component. Yeah. yeah, the partnership part, that seems to be a theme as well and maybe how you've continued to build as well. So I'm just curious, how did you end up having an opportunity to partner with the W? The W, funny enough, was a personal story. I had this theme of celebrating myself every year during my birthday and taking a W hotel room since I was 16. And it was like, I worked oh, all year. I cool. made like the biggest, you know, glam thing. So they knew me at the W Montreal. So that by the time... I was 19, I had the biggest room, which was the EWOW, which is like a pretty expensive room. And that felt really good to me. I was like, I reached my goal, you know, I'm able to do this whole thing. And so when I got to, you know, being 20, 22, when I launched Goss and I had launched it online, they were like, hey, congratulations, what you're doing is amazing. I already knew kind of the general manager and the people that worked there. So they right away put me in touch with their PR team and was like, let's do this. And they're the ones who came up with the Gossi, funny enough. Really? Yeah, they're oh like, they sent me the flyers because the graphic designer was taking care of everything and they just wrote Bigosti and I'm like, that's it. That's another amazing. So I feel like it's, again, I don't know if you listen to, there's a beautiful book called Surrender Experience by Michael Searwinger. Amazing book, by the way. And he talks a lot about how naturally, if you just kind of go with the flow of life and you surrender, things will come to you and they will naturally bring you somewhere. And I have to say, that's what Goss is. Yeah, it's really beautiful. And I love the unfolding of it. There's so much flow. Yeah. Some people would say that's very feminine energy too, right? Not that surrendering necessarily is because I think all of this is available to everyone. Feminine energy is available to everyone anyway. Yes. I have a lovely male following as well, which I think is so great. But yeah, we can all tap into all of that. I do find it interesting that the flow energy is, seems to be such a part of you and yeah. what and how you create. Would you say that's true? Mm-hmm, 100%. Like I get downloads. I don't know if you use the words downloads, yeah. channels, but it happens to me all day long. And I just get into this creative state of mind of accepting what comes through me and like having zero resistance, I think is also very important. And from that, I've created like such beautiful things that I could not have thought of on my own. <laughs> right. Yeah. I relate to that as a creative person too. Yeah. So as someone who gets a lot of this stuff too, I relate to that. And I think a lot of people who listen do as well, but how do you decide which things to act on? Everything. Everything. <laughs> do you, do, Today, yeah. It's everything. Back in the day, I think I was again more resistant. I'd done so much work on myself as I continue to grow this brand that it's like, 
now I just get the feeling. It's like it's got to go. And I'm very good with execution, which I guess is my masculine side. I've always been very much into action oriented. So if something happens, literally that same moment, I will message whoever needs to take care of it to get it done. Like now I have a team that is like, hey, go make this logo, go launch this pamphlet. Like, let's go into this event, you know? So I'm constantly just, like, in my action as much as I'm in my flow. I think now I finally got the balance. That's a good point to bring up. It's that balance. And when you say you finally got that balance, outside in, it looks like you've had it for a while. But I know what you mean by maybe we don't always trust each side of the things that are going on in us. And knowing, like, how to bring in both at the same time to make it a whole picture. Yeah, I wasn't always like this. There was definitely, I think, early on, and again, this is, I guess, figuring things out. You know, there's no practice on business. There's absolutely not in print magazines, distribution. Like, again, I can't just take a course on, you know, (laughs) how to create a magazine and make it successful. It doesn't exist. Actually, the industry, I believe, is not doesn't want you to succeed in that industry. And that's why I want to be very forward about what I'm creating, and I want to be transparent. I've actually inspired two of my friends to create magazines in their own respective fields. So I understand that it doesn't happen, and so I've learned a lot of the ropes by myself, you know, understanding that I'm very much into energy work and I'm very much an empath. So if I talk to a thousand people in a month, it's not healthy for me. (laughs) You know, at the time I didn't know today I'm like, Oh, I'm getting to my threshold. I need to go and, you know, spend time in nature. I need to just go and relax. So I'm feeling that now a lot more, but at the time I was like, no, let's launch another issue. Let's go and talk to more brands. Let's, you know, go create. For me, I'm into human design as well. When I get into like my frustration side of me that's when you know it's not good and frustration usually comes when I'm doing too much yeah I'm glad you brought that up I actually had a question formulated around like how you might avoid that burnout or that energy drain because you are doing a lot and you're a creator and an executor and a dreamer and you're in flow and Mm -hmm. it's something that we have to consider it's like how do we stay in our energy and stay full the biggest biggest advice I would give anyone who's creating is just to delegate to a team right away and you hear this usually in year five like oh I wish I got a team when I was in year one but oh I didn't have the budget right you do have the budget (laughs) you do you have to kind of stretch your resistance and just work around your money like money wounds and just allow yourself to actually hire help that has done so much to me because I can create but I don't have to take care of all the micromanaging that I felt like I had to when I started Mm mm-hmm And today, that's why I can execute on so many different projects is I have a whole team for everything. We're like over 30 people in my three different businesses. So it's easy for me to say, okay, let's go execute this. Let's go create that. And then the team does, and they're happy because they get work, you know, and they love to create in their own respective fields. So it creates this beautiful kind of ecosystem where everyone gets to be good at what they do without anyone burning out. I interviewed the owner of BNI a long time ago. Business Networking International, I think it's called. And he said, get people to work in their wax so you can stay in your flame. And that really hit me. And he made it up. And I was like, ooh, that's genius. (laughs) So that's what I do a lot more of today. Yeah, and it is a total game changer. I think even if you don't have a business, even if you're just living your life and we have many components and compartments to our lives, like I still think that there's a version of that that can exist for everyone is to help to allow ourselves to receive help and to know when to, there is an exchange there. That was a big one for me to learn too, is like being Mm -hmm. a part of the energy exchange 
which is receiving and giving. And can you sometimes when you're blocking this receiving, you're also blocking love, right? Because that's how people show up to you. And I used to be very independent, like, no, I take care of my own stuff. I pay for everything. I do this. And it's like, in a relationship, that doesn't work. (laughs) We're like, wait, but I want to love you, essentially, right? I want to love you. Like, let me show up for you. And the more you do that, the more, again, you feel more loved because you're like, wow, okay, people actually want to help and support me. And also it gets you out of having to control everything, which is, again, very masculine. (laughs) Masculine. Mm -hmm. I'm relating to so much of how you share. And I love how it's just these simple things, but they can take a while to like really embrace Embrace, and like live in those simple like shifts. I mean, it took me a while to receive love in the way that was so loving because I was also blocking that receiving thing and I wanted to control everything and like, you know. All of these things that I needed to like surrender to and and let go of and open up to. And it's so opened up my life in ways that I can't even describe just because I I allowed love in. Yeah. And like it affected everything, business, everything, everything. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that in that way. I think Mm -hmm. it's really important because it just plugs right into life. It doesn't have to be about anything. It's just plugs right into life. I also noticed that you wrote a book. There's a few. I know you have an ebook that's out as well called 101 Ways to Be Gossy, but I actually wanted to ask you about honoring the path of joy first. That is coming out, I believe, this summer. Okay. We get everything figured out in time. Yeah, it should be an August launch. So I wrote that book on the plane coming back from a five day skydiving trip. I'm a skydiver as well. Ooh. Yeah, which is a lot of fun. (laughs) That's my adrenaline side. <laughs> so we were on our way back. I was on the plane and I was at the time with my fiance. I mean, he had done it with me as well at the same time. We both. And I just noticed our different ways of like holding joy. So we had gone through the exact same experience. We're jumping out of the plane three times, four times per day. Oh my gosh. Which was pretty intense, but that's how it is because we were like there for five days. We're trying to maximize. And it was interesting because I was filled with so much joy. Like it's the biggest high in my life, natural high <laughs> that I've experienced. I don't do drugs. So just me coming down, I was like, just again, super just overflowed the entire time I was there. And I was noticing that he had like a threshold of how much joy he was holding. Cause technically we were going through the same experience yet. He could only be super happy or in it for just like a few times. And then he would come back down to like his natural state And I was like, how interesting that we're both experiencing the same thing, but yet we're not holding this joy, you know, the same amount of time. And I noticed this again in other people with other people in my life when we would go through the same thing, whether it's like experiencing a wedding or just like a big celebration. And I get super filled with so much joy during these moments. And again, you notice how some people don't do that. So I was like, how interesting that this is like a whole book, (laughs) you know, like this is a whole thing. So I created this system essentially, and I put them into categories of like identities. And I found five different identities of how they each hold joy and the way that they express joy. So some people I've noticed tend to be more during an event. Like it's an event. I'll be there for three hours. I will be like my happiest, best self for those three hours. But once I go home, I go back to being myself. Mm. That's usually what I've noticed is like, one type of person. Another kind of person will create joy everywhere. They'll brush their teeth and they're super happy. They'll take a shower and they'll have music playing. So it's like, okay, those people are me. (laughs) That's the kind of person that I am. And that's a certain type of person. So based on these different identities, you actually find out who you are 
based on how you hold it and actually contain joy. And then you can also just realize how much more joy you can bring into your life. Like just embodying it and just like realizing, hey, I'm actually like withholding joy when I work. I have to be in serious mode for the next 10 hours, right? My brother's like this. Like when I call him at the office, he's like in work mode. <laughs> and he's like, and I'm like, and he gets home and he's so fun and playful. And I'm like, why? Like that's 10 hours of your day. You should still find ways to plug into joy. People make things so serious. It's not that serious. Life is literally play all the time, in my opinion. And I've experienced so much happiness being like this. And I'm really grateful that, you know, whoever created me, <laughs> made me this way because I have so much fun, but I want other people to experience this level of joy. And so that book came out of me and it was like, let's all honor our joy, but also just create more of it every day. Wow. (laughs) I love that there is so much joy when you speak. There's so much joy in your energy. And it's funny, like, I'm a big thinker. So I'm like trying to figure it out, like in my Mm -hmm. life, right? Like joy, how do I tap into that? Like what you just shared so easily. (laughs) Because it just is who you are. Just who you, yeah. And my partner is that way. My fiance is pretty much like that too, where everything's mm-hmm. kind of fun and play, and I love it. He's also That's very cute. grounded at the same time. It's like yeah. very earthy. It's a great way to invite people in to experience just a little bit more, and then a little bit more, and a little bit more. Like, how can I bring in more fun in my day? I'm working on that myself, so I, I find that interesting that you Yay! shared that way. I used to go into work That's mode too. Kid. It's simple, right? How can I make this more fun? It could just be that. And like not having to think again, like I'm doing a photo shoot for Goss a few weeks ago in LA and we're a full women team. It was so much fun. We're like 12 girls, you know? And again, I'm the editor in chief. So I come in there, like they're expecting me to be like Anna Wintour and just like super serious and just, and I'm like, let's go, let's party at a cute, you know, I put the music on and like me and the cover girl had a shot together. And I was like, guys, this is what we do for a living. How much fun is this? Like we should be having fun, you know? Yeah. And they had a blast, but I think it was like almost like, what? They were like taken aback by the fact that they can be playful in a work environment. But I create that space, I believe, for my team also. Like, I don't want them to ever tell me, oh, sorry, I can't do this. I'm working. I'll be like, no, I hope that you're on the beach and you still feel like wanting to do something with God because that's like the best time I get my best work done when I'm having fun and just resting, funny enough. Yeah, that is such an important thing to hear. Like, you get your best work done when you're in a rest state. Yeah. I don't think people talk about that enough. Mm -hmm. It's so true. I've been doing that for myself. We've just bought a house with tons of nature because I was really craving that. And so now I can go outside and feel like I'm in a rest state and connected to my natural energy and still, you know, get work done and make it feel good. She looked at Oprah Winfrey, right? She went from being in a studio space to now all her interviews are like in her backyard with this stunning, like, you know, garden. And that's probably where she feels her most comfortable and best self. And that's the best place to create. You're right. That's a good observation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oprah's a great example for so many of these topics because she really built herself up too as a person who she built the threshold. She built the bar for herself and for the rest of the world, right. In so many ways. And it makes me want to ask her, like, what were you reaching for? Like, how did you know how far you could go? Yeah. And I don't think we know, I think we just do it, but She's a cool one to observe. Love. Yeah. Okay. So I'm curious if you connect purpose, like the idea of purpose with this idea of joy, like 
There's so much intention I've noticed the way you talk about the issues that you create and how you curate the themes. And now knowing that that started with the events and just, there's this thread of really lots of intentionality. And now I know that like fun is a huge part of that intention too, but you feel very tapped into me. Like you're tapped into what's going on in the world and what the energy is that people might need. Mm-hmm. How does that for you connect to purpose specifically for your journey? So my overall dream for the world is that every single, and I'm going to say women just because that's my journey, yeah. <laughs> is to take care of our women. So I always say that my purpose is that you know, let's say we get to 5 billion women by the time that I'm like 90. Those women are happy, loved, taken care of. Because if women are happy and loved by, you know, reflection, they will make their men happy and loved. So I believe it starts with the women. And that is my ultimate purpose. It's so grand that I'm like, okay, it needs to touch every soul. It would be my ultimate joy that by the time I leave, my legacy continues, that it's almost like a blueprint or how to love each other, how to take care of each other as a community. And not just in the U.S. and Canada, like the women in Africa, the women in Morocco, the women in Southeast Asia, like everyone. Because what I believe also is we're all connected such a bigger way that we don't even know. I can't be at my utmost joy if there's utmost cruelty and like pain and suffering. That balance won't work. So I believe like reaching... This heaven on earth is going to come from us truly all being super happy and loved and connected. And so that's kind of, I feel like, funny enough, how all the themes connect because it's like, okay, it can't just be women in business. It's got to be women in sports, women in aviation, women in real estate. And that's kind of how we grew from just being this, like, you know, more of a niche to just boom, everywhere and everyone. And that's why now we have so many different themes. Like we're basically in every theme, mm-hmm. even ones that women don't even exist in yet, like construction, right? And development, which literally has like 0.1% now. I think there's like three women builders wow. in the US and Canada. Insane. So even those fields, I'm like, okay, let's go find them. Let's go create them. Let's empower them. Because it's a ripple effect. If people are living in their embodiment and purposely driven and creating it's gonna just like get more and more women to do that like my purpose again is so big that it keeps me going and it keeps me waking up because I'm already done like I'm happy I have what I need already I could have retired a long time ago in the sense of I don't have to work that hard and I still do 15 hour days every single waking hour is focusing on building Because I'm like, okay, I'm not done until everybody is here with me. So we could all create this and celebrate, which is why I believe it'll be my life's work for sure. Right, right. It's like shifting an epoch almost. Like we're trying to shift into a a new one with this energy. Yeah. So you said you're working 15-hour days. Is it easier to work 15-hour days because you are working in joy and purpose? Yes, doesn't feel like work ever right a lot of women that I speak with too that are doing a lot of this work are saying like it's part of your lifestyle Mm. there's no such thing as balance it's all life if I can have lunch and that could be a meeting you know it's I covered lunch and a new partner like it's perfect (laughs) if I could you know spend my evenings working on creating the next issues or let's look at you know like right before we got on this call I was creating this 3d like model for our development building because we're doing an event next month to launch it 
So it's just continuously like part of life and it just I fit in that I fit actual things that are not work related like skydiving or scuba diving <laughs> like I'm into also all these types of hobbies but it's all connected because I got into scuba diving and that was a very recent activity of mine I fell in love with the sport so much that now we did a whole issue women in aquatic sports I saw that that's cool and that's where it comes from I'm like oh my god I love this you know I got my piloting license two years ago during covid and because I got into aviation, I did a whole issue women in aviation, and we did like, you know, 100 pilots. So the more I grow, the more I develop, the more I play with life, and the more Goss also gets to create and get nourished. So I feel like it's in perfect synergy. Synergy is a great word, and embodiment is something I'm hearing often in these yeah. conversations. I'd love to know what your definition of embodiment would be. Like, I think we have ideas of what that should feel like or how do we like all of these like, concepts that come with words like that. So I'd love to hear your definition of it. It's being like for me, it's such presence when I really and I'm going to say tap into presence, but <laughs> you should be present all day. But really, when I'm just doing one task at a time, somebody will be filming me, for example, while I'm in doing that task. And I'm like, wow, I'm fully embodied. Like, from the perspective of myself, like, I just watch myself and I'm like, wow, I was fully embodied in, like, that moment and in who I am. So I think because I'm a very present and in-person person, like, you'll see that that's just exactly who I am, that there's no, you don't have to become something. Like, a lot of people assume that embodiment is like, I have to step into this, alter your version. No, you already are that. You already are that person. Just go deeper. You know, like, get more into yourself and stay there. And then you actually just are already embodied. <laughs> so I think that the work is just to remove all the stuff that's not you and come back to who you are. That's gold right there. That's what it is. Yeah. Removing all the stuff that is not you. I think that is the work too. That's lovely. I'm just like letting it land because <laughs> it's like go deeper, but you can also just have it in these little moments like you shared. Like you can just notice that, oh, I was really embodied in that task. I was really present. I think presence was a key word yes. in what you just shared too. And that's a great way to like make it simple for someone. Yeah. It's like just what is the simple version of this in this moment? And it, maybe it's just being present and being, like you said, like here and focused. And yeah, I love that. I love the simplicity with all of these sort of what, what we talk about in these very big ways often. And we feel that, like you said, like we have to become something and we don't, we already are and it's enough and that's all we ever have to be. <laughs> that's also very good. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So you mentioned builders and I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're a builder, right? Like yourself, yeah, you're like, like a certified, license. you're a licensed yeah. builder. Okay, I want to know how that came about. Was that because you were noticing that there was a gap or you just knew that the next thing was to move into creating, you know, spaces for women, like physical spaces? Again, being completely in flow, had no idea. Okay. <laughs> I was literally a few years ago, I connected with a lot of developers in my magazine. They were sponsors of mine because developers just happen to, you know, usually they're creating the city, so they have bigger budgets. And so there were two, Vincent Chiara from Group Mac, from my hometown and Ian Quint from Group Quint that's now called Brasswater. And when I interviewed them and I understood like, you know, these guys own like 100,000 million square feet of land and they own X amount of buildings and it's such an interesting field and I've always been into like real estate. I just didn't know how much I was into it. 
which is probably why I even went to them, you know, for partnerships. And a few yeah. years after that, I kept contact. Ian now has become a mentor of mine. And the more that, you know, like just noticed how what he was doing and growing it. And I was like, imagine a space. Because I noticed, like, if you look around and if you're actively looking at all the cities and urbanisms, there are zero buildings in a way that have feminine form. And what I mean by this is if you look at a residential condo building, it's very square. If you look at even the color palette of buildings, it's like brick and it's gray and it's got really gray tones and it feels gray. Like it feels like a cloudy day. <laughs> and again, I noticed this because I'm just, I got into real estate recently, like a few years ago, I started investing in real estate and buying things. And I was like, I don't like the way the energy of this space feels. Mm-hmm. And again, because I'm coming in from this feminine, you know, who I am. And I'm like, I would do this so differently. Like if it was up to me, I would create this in like such a more flowy way. And as I got more into that, I noticed, hey, you know what? Then why don't I just like build them myself? <laughs> like, why, why am I complaining? Let me just go be like productive. So I bought land. I started buying land two years ago. And I was like, okay, I'm buying land literally intentionally to actually put what I want on that. And then as it continued, I was like, well, I need to be more known in this industry. I don't know anything about this. So let me go get my license. And then I understood a lot more about the entire process and architect plans and structures and and I became obsessed. And I was like, this is so interesting to me. I got to get my girls in on this, right? Because once I find something that excites me, I'm like, we need more women. And then our first kind of Mia, which is actually my niece's name. And also it stands for in Italian mine. I was like, this is going to be our first project. And it's going to be purple. And like the building itself is going to be like an ivory color. And we're going to get like you know, rounded around the edges, and I started to really just flow and channeling. Things just started to come to me, and I got connected to the right people. I have the entire team is women from architect, designers. We're trying to find a construction company now that is women-owned as well. And I was like, let's create a full women-operated team. And then we have, of course, on the back end, the investors that are all women physicians out of Canada. So it was like, let's just do phase one. And then the goal for me, of course, is to just let's create these and build them all over the world and get, you know, different women to come in and contribute in each building. So I took one little idea and it was like, (laughs) you know, and things are just happening now from that in so many other ways, like building so many other partnerships. And it's been beautiful to see the reaction of so many women that are like, oh, my God, I want to get in on this. How can I invest? How can I like be a designer. How can I do this? I was like, okay. And again, I'm happy that it started at this stage where, you know, we already have the network and we have Goss in a very credible place that I feel like whatever we launch from there, there is that support and collaboration. Yeah. It's built in now, literally and figuratively. (laughs) (laughs) Which is so fun. So I'm super excited because our first one's launching next year. So we'll start breaking ground in a few months. And because it's something that, again, where do you learn how to do this? So we're going to shoot a TV show at the same time as we're building Mia to show all the backend stuff. I've heard from a few sources of women that have been developers, like people are really nasty to women on the job sites. They don't treat you the same way. So I was like, oh, well, they will if there's a TV behind them. So let's see how they react. And let's see, right? At the same time, like if they will still be that way with us. And let's stand our ground and let's be confident and like also showcase to other women what's possible. Love that. It's just another expansion, another yeah. way to expand, to add a layer of expansion. 
I love it. It's just another layer and another layer and another layer. It's like how to expand further and further with what starts out as like a tiny thing, right? I love your process. It is so much flow and it is so embracing. And I think people feel that when you do something. Yeah, also. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And there's a membership too, right? With there's yes. club. So it's on pre-launch. So we're gathering all the things and then we're going to just like, again, same thing concept, probably in six months, just like fully launch it. Membership is going to have access to a lot of different things. We're actually turning our print magazines into audio magazines. So we'll be the first magazine where you can actually hear the stories of the women in there speaking from their voice. Cool. Which is going to be really cool because we have all the recordings. We just didn't want to launch a podcast yet. So we're like, okay, turn it into an audio magazine. So they'll have access to that. We're going to have access to digital courses that we're going to launch also. So we're working on those on the back end. More related to business, you know, reaching certain amount of revenues in your business, whatever business it is. It takes a certain level and it takes a certain up-leveling in yourself to go into those things, right? You need more systems, you need more employees, you need more things. So we're going to basically give the blueprint on those things and have experts come in and speak about them. Kind of like a mentorship program. Yeah, that's really powerful. And I agree. Um, Have you ever read the book Half the Sky? No. Half the Sky. It's written by two journalists. They're a husband-wife team. And I think it came out maybe like 10 years ago or so, but it's a really good book. Mm -hmm. And it's a global perspective, again, written by journalists about the state of women and why you should invest in women, basically. Wow. I love this already. (gasps) Yeah. And it's called Half the Sky. I think that's a Chinese proverb where it says that essentially you're missing out on half of the sky if you ignore women. Wow. Right? That's very powerful. That's such a good book. They did a short documentary Netflix thing. I don't think it's available anymore, but they had some celebrities come on and talk about these things in different parts of the world. And it was really impactful to me. And it's just such a important read, I think. Like what you're creating. Oh, yeah. It's a nice foundation. Yeah. It's a nice sort of quick read, but there are some difficult things in there because there's not nice things happening to women around the world. But it's important. So I just wanted to, I was curious if you'd heard of it and I wanted to share that. But thank you. I will definitely read it now. (laughs) I bring it up because it's true when you say that when women do well, it, it reflects because women do invest differently. Yes. Also, yeah. Yeah. Women take that, whatever they are uplifted with, whether it be, you know, money or an opportunity or a mentorship or a community, all of it. And we expand it like the way that you're doing and we give it back and we build a bigger dream and a bigger dream and a bigger dream. And the expansion is so much bigger where the statistics share that, you know, the data around men, no no offense, men, we love you, but (laughs) (laughs) maybe you can learn a few things. Where they take it and they, they do something for themselves, which is okay. We're selfish. We're brothers. I'm saying it. But it's funny because I feel like women learn to be less selfish in family and with women. You know, like when they yeah. have children and they have to, you know, share their money and they have to share their wealth. And when they have a woman by their side, like, and I feel like we make them better. <laughs> and I agree. Them better too, right? It's definitely a win-win. Yes, yes. And it's not to say like, well, this is better than that per se. Mm -hmm. It's just an interesting thing in the way that we think and the way that we as women want to constantly improve the state of the world. Yes. And the vision that comes with that. I really see there's so much possibility and so much opportunity for change 
in the better when we empower women in this way. So in gratitude, I'm so glad that you're doing what you're doing and, and ex- Thank you. yeah, and expanding it in the way that you are. It's really powerful. And like, I can feel the energy of it as we're yeah. talking about it. It's big. Yeah. Yeah. It's really like powerful and bright and shiny and amazing. Yeah. <laughs> All that said, I would love to know, cause we talked about a lot of things. Yeah. If there were one takeaway that you would like the listener to walk away with from this conversation, what would that be? Oh, first of all, men or women, like you guys can do anything you set your mind to. I think the most important thing, and people might look at me today and be like, oh, she has so much confidence. It must be so like innate. No, (laughs) no. I think I've had a lot of, you know, I was bullied when I was younger. I came from a home that didn't feel safe whatsoever. So I had a lot. And it's funny today, like I, you know, I've done a lot of healing work around myself where now I'm able to show up like this. And I think because of all the rejections that I've experienced both in my personal life, you know, family and friends, I was able to show up in such a kinder way because I understand that everyone's really just suffering. You know, like people are, have their own stories and like the only thing you can do is be light and just be love. And I think we all need more of that with each other and ourselves. And you should be your biggest fan. Like, you want people to support and follow your dreams. You have to go after them relentlessly and consistently and let nothing get in the way between you and your divine calling. I think the world is shaped in a way where you came here with a sole purpose. And if you listen to that voice inside of you, and everyone has it, it's like deep in your gut, you know? Like, you listen to that and you align it to your heart the world will literally open doors and open gates and like move oceans to make sure that you get it. So don't ever think you're alone. Like you're always in co-creation with the universe, with a higher guidance. You know, I say I have my tribe. My tribe are my ancestors. My father just joined as one of the angels now. He's on my team. I feel him and I know, okay, I got it. And if I can't hold it on most days because it gets too intense or there's too much responsibility, they got it for me (laughs) and they'll take care of it and they'll make sure that I'm guided towards the right way. And that way I just feel continuous peace and strength. Yeah. That's what I want everyone to know. They have it too. It's in all of us. I agree. And there's so much trust when we can give that over and know that we're not alone. I believe the same thing, by the way, like that I 100% have meetings with my team. (laughs) You know, with your tribe. (laughs) Yeah. And more have showed up and more have showed up the more I open up to it. It's really interesting. So that spiritual connection to me was super important as well in changing mm-hmm. how I experience my life. Do you mind me asking how you came to that? How that showed up for you originally? Oh my God, in the deepest, darkest moments when you're like crying on the floor, like, I can't do this. Like, why is this my mission? Why did I choose this big mission? And like, I can't handle this. This is not, I'm, I can't, right? Like I had moments when I thought goss was not going to happen. It was like in year two. And literally the week later, I went and I got a tattoo of goss on my forearm as an example of like. Ah, cool. Yeah. Well, now I can't fail because if I fail, then like, what am I going to do? Just remove this? Like, I can't remove this. It's on me. So Mm. that was actually a funny thing for me because it forced me to move past my own, whatever I thought was going to be a failure. I think we had like a low month. And at the time, like I was not used to that and I had more bills and I had money coming in. I was like, 
I can't do this. This is not going to work. I have to go get a job. And I was like, no, take a step back. This is who you are. Like, this mission is bigger than you. Okay. And, at that le- and when that happened, I became more resourceful. I was like, can't fail now. It's a part of my identity. <laughs> like, this is me now. <laughs> I cannot fail. And I'm so happy I didn't. And you'll have so many moments like that, I believe, time and yeah. time again. And again, I journal. So I literally ask for guidance in my journals. I'm like, God, universe, please help me. <laughs> I can't figure this out. Or like, daddy, can you help me? Now I ask my dad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, daddy, I need your help. I need this. And I swear the answers always come. When I really stay quiet and I go in nature or whatever it is, I'm like, oh, there it is. How does it communicate with you? Because we all have signs come in a little differently. So I spoken to a friend of mine that I haven't spoken to maybe in two years because of COVID. And we had an hour FaceTime. And the next day she texts me. And I guess she's a medium because she texts me and says, your dad came in my dream last night. I like, I literally died when she said that. I was, I think I believe in these things a lot more now. And was like, he wants you to know that, you know, he's so proud of you and he's with you and to talk to him. And I was like, well, this is, I was like, I can talk to you now. I really do feel like he's my support system and he's coming with me on this journey to help me create this. Mm, I forgot chills when you said that. When I happened, I was like, this is not real life. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> and so and I, I were six siblings. So I obviously shared that, you know, with my five siblings. And they were like, you're so lucky that he came to you for that. And that's so beautiful. So we had a very close relationship. Me and my dad were like super, super tight. <laughs> so I think that now just having that and, you know, the last few years of his life, he was not able to speak because he had a stroke. So he was not really talkative. I think hearing him say, I'm proud of you, like I had created this, you know, a long time after he could talk. So having him even say that, I was like, oh, you know, my mom obviously always says she's proud of me. But having my dad do that, I was like, okay, I'm on the right path. Yeah, that's really powerful and really special. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, he's definitely here. Ah, that's a great story. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for yeah, having me. This was so wonderful. There's so many ways to connect with you that we mentioned, but if there's anything you want to point out of how someone might be in your world that's listening. Yes. So definitely, I mean, Rebecca Perez on Instagram, Goss Magazine is really where it's at in terms of all the behind the scenes. Goss Club is the website that has everything from the articles to the magazines. And we'll be launching the, the website for Goss Develops shortly so they can also tune in there yeah and i'll say on your instagram is a great source too because you post about all of those things if they're curious what that building might look like because i saw it and i was like whoa what is this (laughs) i thought it was so cool it is very flowy it's so you now that i've talked with you i'm like this is so you waves (laughs) yeah yeah so everyone can check that out too thank you so much rebecca thank you what you're doing is also fabulous So I'm a big fan. I'm going to go read those books that you gave me as reference. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to Beeple Begin. We hope that these episodes inspire and empower you to take your next steps in your own intuitive journey towards a life or business that feels clear, authentic, and aligned. And if you're ready for more tools and guidance like courses and free events, then I'd love to invite you to my new Intuitive Creators Academy and Collective. It's free to join. Just follow the link in the show notes and remember to DM me once you get there to receive a special gift for being a listener of Beeple Begin. I'll look forward to seeing you there.